Hey, this is Graybo from Northern California. There are many a fucking reasons why I don't listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore. Top of the list, I need more Brittany Page. Less tall fucking ginger. God damn, man. Act like you've been there. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Thalamore. Everybody, welcome to the show. 531 is the episode. Thank you for joining us. I am your host, Jesse Dollimore, and I am joined today by the lovely, the talented, the scholarly Brittany Page. The depressed Brittany yeah, Page. It's not that depressing. Oh. It's more depressing than I thought. <laughs> so you made me watch Marley and Me. Yeah. Yeah. You made me. I didn't want to. I know the point of the movie. We all know what happens. We won't spoil it in case you... Anyway, the movie was out like 15 fucking years ago. I think if you haven't watched it by now... I get uncomfortable with spoilers. The dog fucking dies. On your behalf, I get uncomfortable with spoilers because you're so whiny about it. 15 years later, it's like saying Sixth Sense. If you haven't seen it now, he sees dead people. (laughs) I mean, at some point... Well, everyone knows that. That's the catchphrase from the movie. (laughs) Is also, that, I bit is, my wait, wait, tongue. Wait, wait. I bit is my that, tongue yesterday, and that, I feel like I'm talking weird. Is that the catchphrase from the movie? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I see dead people. <laughs> is it not the catchphrase? I don't think it would be called a catchphrase. <laughs> really? Yeah, like a superhero has a fucking catchphrase. Yeah, that's Haley Joel Osment's catchphrase in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> he says it more than the one time, right? He, like, keeps saying it. It's, like, worked into every scene, right? Yeah, he's like, hey, I'm uh, the kid who sees dead people. Yeah. Waka, waka, waka. <laughs> um, anyway, so you made me watch the depressing film, and I didn't want to watch it because we all know I, I, I never really used to care about animals, and I now have Popeye. It's like a, a, your vision has been illuminated to the world of loving pets yes yeah. and i love this dog so much it's crazy um and so you thought oh well let's watch a movie where one dies that's your natural no. response well to me i didn't dog. remember i thought that i don't know why i thought at the end that they got another puppy mm-hmm. and a, that a like, replacement dog yeah like a like a replacement dog like a like a mar marley marley the second or something yeah it didn't happen though they just Buried the fucking dog and then rolled credits. I mean, that's pretty much what happened. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> so one thing, though, bothered me about this movie more than the dead dog was <laughs> um, the fact that. So this is something that bothers me in a lot of movies. But yeah. this was one of the most notable instances of this. Okay? By the way, by the way, it is very, very strange when. Not just you, but other people. Even me, I'm sure I hone in on things that other people don't notice. Mm-hmm. But this is one of those times where you honed in on something and you were you're f- throwing your hands in the air. You were fucking <laughs> in, enraged about it. Yeah. And I didn't even notice until you pointed it out. Yeah. And then it was just like, what in the fuck did they not call cut? Yes. And and give Owen Wilson a little... Uh, yeah. A little education. Yeah. So here's what it is. It's when actors are driving on screen. Man. It is unbelievable. They feel like they need to be doing something with their arms. When when you're driving, you're just holding it still. You're not yeah, moving the right. steering wheel. And in this movie, it's one of the worst scenes I've ever watched with this. He was <laughs> jerking the steering wheel all over the Back place. Back and forth. And not even like... like, like uh, 
jerk a little bit and then wait a few seconds. It was just he was it was like he was driving like a, a, a tractor from the 1930s <laughs> that had a whole bunch of play in the wheel and he needed to keep it on the road. No, it's like when you're trying to unlock your steering wheel and you start jerking it <laughs> while you're turning like it was like that. I That's mean, exactly right. the dog was getting motion sickness. He's like <laughs> in the passenger seat, you know. I it, it was it was severe. If someone was actually driving like that on the road, you would think that they were having like a medical emergency, like something was wrong. Well, you'd certainly pull him over for fucking DUI. Yeah, and listen, I know that Owen Wilson has driven a car. Do, maybe not, though, the way he was driving in the movie. But this happens so often with actors when they do these scenes, and I don't understand how, I mean, you know all the people that are standing on set watching this go down, they have to be people that drove there. Yeah. And they're not like... <laughs> Somebody had to have driven to their job that day. Yeah, and they're not looking at that going, hey, are you going to tell him to tone it down? Or what's going on here? Is he thinking he's going to Brody out of control on the it, fucking road? It's uh, So anyway, I want everyone to go watch Marley and Me. At least just the parts where he, they like recently got the dog and Owen Wilson is driving in the car. Just just for that scene, you don't need to watch anything else. By the else. way, it's on pay-per-view. It's We had to pay to see it. I think four bucks or something. Yeah. So you go out there, spend money just to watch this one. Actually, it's probably on YouTube. It's probably on YouTube, yeah. It is probably on you. Everything's on fucking YouTube. Yeah, but also I want to hear if people share this with me, that this is something that's very noticeable to them. When they see in movies actors jerking the wheel all over the place and driving in a way that people do not drive, uh, I want to hear your your best examples of this. Or other examples of pet peeve shit in movies. Yeah. You've got a lot. I mean, I can think of another one offhand. Is it the sex one? It's the kissing one. Oh, okay. Where they're... What's the sex one? Well, like, you know, when... <laughs> I have to uh, work my way through the way that I want to phrase things, but <laughs> phrasing them appropriately on the show. <laughs> Are you talking about like after they finish? I'll start talking like I'm in that unforgivable okay, how, video. How about that? When it's like um, po- post-coital and they just lay in their filth. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah and they don't go to the bathroom. Right, right. And, yes. Clean up their <laughs> situation. Yeah. No, no. That's not what I'm talking about. I was going to try to keep it G-rated, you know, like I do on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, of course, went to laying in cum. Okay. Good job. All right. <laughs> I again, I didn't say that. Too much. I told you that I was avoiding that. The views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. So the one, the other one I'm talking about mm-hmm. is where there there's like a, the tense moment where they're arguing and they're fighting and it's like really like very tense arguing and then there's like a pause yeah and then they lunge toward one another and make out yeah it drives me insane yeah it's pretty fucking movie riffic yeah don't even remind me so anyway if you if you have one yeah we'd like to hear it absolutely six five seven four six four 7609. I mean, one of our favorite things to do on the show is complain. Of course. Yeah. On the show. Absolutely. I sit around just in my regular life. You're off at work and I'm just <laughs> bitching to the dog about <laughs> shit in my life. Well, I'm sure Popeye's happy about that. He loves being talked to. <laughs> no matter what's going on. I'm sure that's true. So anyway, Bringing your joy, bringing joy into your life one one episode and one movie story at a time. Well, we have to start with the joy because it's all downhill from here. <laughs> it's all, all downhill from here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, let's take some calls that were sent in. We're going to take the calls. However, they are pre-recorded as they often are. <laughs> <laughs> Which reminds me, we should do a call-in episode. Oh, absolutely. Those are so soon. fun. Yeah, we'll have to schedule it on a on a weekend. Yes. When people are free to do things like that. Yeah. All right. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. It's Nathan from Denver. Uh, I listened to the last two episode, episodes about uh, the uh, Congress sessions with Mueller, and I just wanted to know what you guys thought about... Um, what's going on simultaneously with the governor in Puerto Rico, since that didn't really get touched on. Um, kind of interested to hear what you guys have to say, because I think it's 
interesting that this is happening at the same time um, with our own Congress and Nancy Pelosi not really doing a damn thing about uh, Trump, whereas uh, the Puerto Ricans have gone to the streets in the millions, last I heard, uh, to get rid of their governor who has resigned. The protests, it sound like, are still going to go on, though, as one of the, his members of his cabinet is now taking over, and they are equally uh, dissatisfied with her. So, anyway, I just wanted to see what you guys thought about all that. Well, thanks for the call, Nathan. Uh, there is an update on this, though, uh-huh. and that it's no longer a her mm-hmm. who was taken over. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's appointing somebody else because she was such a shitty choice. Well, I think the main issue was that his entire cabinet was a mess, yeah. like his entire administration. And so he actually named a secretary of state hmm. and that person, like he named them like this week yeah. in a recess appointment and the secretary of state is the person that's next in line to be governor. And so the governor was Ricardo. I think it's Rosseo. Okay. And his successor is a politician, Pedro. I think it's Pierre Luisi. Okay. But I don't fucking know. I'm that one. I'm, I'm less certain about. Okay. <laughs> which isn't, which does, shouldn't instill confidence in anybody. Cause I'm not even real certain about Rosseo. Yeah, so he was sworn in by a judge. However, the San Juan mayor, um, Carmen Cruz. Yeah, yeah. She tweeted. Who was the target of both Rosseo and Donald Trump um, since uh, Hurricane Maria. Right. She tweeted that there's going to be a challenge to his swearing in as governor because people are not happy about him either, which makes sense because the Puerto Rican governor is the one who named him as secretary of state. It seems to me to head some of this complaining off at the past that you have some sort of document that would contain the rules for succession. So I don't know why they're, well, that's not going to be good enough. What's it say? What's the law? Let them serve, and then let's hold a special election. I mean, I, well, the Senate has not yet voted on his appointment. So, mm. what's going to happen? There needs to be confirmation by both houses. Okay, um, which was not necessary for the recess appointment that the governor made before he was out. Be- yeah, because like the caller said, uh, the protesters came out and forced him out. And after I don't think it was millions. That sounds like a lot. I, it does sound like it a lot. Certainly was tens of thousands, maybe maybe a hundred thousand or or possibly more, but. Millions, I don't know. Yeah, so... But there was certainly a lot of displeasure that was being registered through protest, which was awesome to see. Yeah, and people were generally unhappy with this guy and his mismanagement, and they, they generally didn't like him. But what set everything over the edge was this these leaked chats in which he and his advisors were denigrating Puerto Ricans. And yeah. I mean, just saying terrible things. Anti-gay shit about uh, Ricky Martin... Uh, talking about uh, hoping someone would shoot Carmen Cruz. Yeah, I mean, it was just it was just abhorrent, and it was a, a complete and total lack of respect for Puerto Ricans. Very Trump-like. I, I haven't liked this guy since he was all buddy-buddy with Trump uh, in the aftermath of the hurricane, in the immediate aftermath of the hurricane. Yeah. And then since then, Donald Trump has since turned on Rosseo mm-hmm. and talked a bunch of shit about him because that's what Donald Trump does. Yeah. It, w- more evidence that you don't align, align yourself with a guy like Donald Trump because it's only going to come back to bite you. Yeah. So the guy was confirmed as the Secretary of State, okay, but the Senate has not yet voted on his appointment. So the House of Representatives voted to confirm the new guy as Secretary of State following the now disgraced governor's appointment. Mm-hmm. And the Senate has not yet voted on his appointment. Mm. Um, and Riseo said that there's confirmation by both houses is not necessary for a recess appointment. Um, that is likely to encounter legal challenges. But basically, the the new guy, can you say his last name again? Uh, Pierre Luisi, I think. Yes, he appeared at the governor's residence to address the press, and he said that he will only be serving as governor until the Senate's hearing on his nomination. Hmm. He's saying that he's not going to move into the residence. He's not going to do anything other than like meet with 
He's a fucking placeholder. Is government what he's officials. Yeah, yeah, he's not doing anything. Um, and he says that if the Senate votes no on his nomination, then he will step down and he will hand the governorship to the justice secretary who is the next person in line under the constitution. So they are following the process, but earlier I was just speaking to the fact that the people are still unhappy with this. They still feel like they do not have someone in there who they selected, um, who is representing them and who has their best interests in mind. I think a little patience needs to be had here and let the process work itself out. You don't want a system where there are rules in place and you circumvent those rules. It's like if people wanted Donald Trump out and they go, well, we want uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez to take his place. Eh, That's not how it works. Even if you really love her. Or let's say you wanted Obama back in. Nope. That's not how it works. There's a system in place. Let the system play itself out. And in the meantime... Maintain your, your your passion and your protests, but uh, you got to let the system be the system. Otherwise, what the fuck do we got going on? Well, and I also, I'm interested in what Nathan said, um, specifically about trying to draw comparisons between what's happening in Puerto Rico and then on the inaction on the part of our own um, Congress. Yeah. And how people in Puerto Rico took to the streets to have their displeasure registered with the government. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not sure something like that would force the hand of Congress in in our situation, possibly. Protests en masse? Yeah. What do you think? Well, I don't know. I I mean, I think Nancy Pelosi is... uh, She's got something else going on in her fucking head about what she wants done. Over the course of just the last couple days, though... We have, we are right at, almost, if not surpassed, because it's changing hour by hour, um, within a majority of Democrats to to vote for impeachment. So it's going to leave her hmm. in a tough spot relative to, and I don't mean just voting for impeachment, but beginning impeachment proceedings. Yeah. It's going to put Nancy Pelosi in a tough spot if over half of her caucus, of the Democratic caucus, mm-hmm. um, is it, it wants to begin impeachment proceedings. Now, listen, over half doesn't mean they've got the votes for it because you still need half of the House. You need 51% of the House or 50, 50, 50, excuse me, 50% plus one. And half of Democrats doesn't get you there. But it's certainly puts pressure on Nancy Pelosi to to make it happen. I I will say this, uh, personally, real quickly, uh, I have been waiting for our congressman, Harley Ruda, to to be added to that list. And finally, just in the last couple days, he is. Well, it's about time. Yeah, fucking very, very about time. Um, So are you... I'm not sure that you came out with a yes or a no. Do you think that the protests, something like what happened in Puerto Rico, if that happened here, that that would be beneficial? Yes. Yes. Ultimately, yes, because here's what I believe happens. It won't maybe sway Nancy Pelosi, but it'll sway the individual members who then, when they have numbers, Mm. will sway Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, you know... Although, sorry, if we took to the fucking streets like the Puerto Ricans did... Yeah. Nancy Pelosi would have to wake the fuck up. Yeah. I'm now I'm starting to like imagine this happening and I'm kind of wondering why it hasn't happened already. I know. Right? With yeah. the increased racism on the part of Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, I think people are are, are, are becoming numb mm-hmm. to his cuntiness, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. It, it's out of control. It, it's to the point where Again, the numbness takes effect where even when journalists are, are have the temerity to ask, ah, is that racist? Of course it's fucking racist. Why are you even asking the question? Right. The, the window is being shifted so far to the right uh-huh. that is, uh, is this even racism? Yes. Just because it's commonplace doesn't mean it's not 
racism, vile fucking bigotry out of the mouth and from the Twitter account of the president of the United States on a daily basis, ramping up, amping up his rhetoric going into 2020, which should give you some kind of a sampling of what's going to be taking place over the course of the next several months before the election. Yeah. So I'm wondering why, you know, the people who organized the tax march and yeah. the other march, what was the other march? I think just it, when he got elected in general. Yeah. Um, like the Women's March, all of these people. Right. Um, I think that that maybe needs to happen again. I would be down. We, we, don't have the, we don't have the organizational chops to make it happen, but I would certainly reach out to some people, yeah. see what we can do. I, I mean, it's, uh, it's important. Mm-hmm. Exerting pressure on the, the powers that be is always the way to make things happen. So, yeah, we'd love to know what you think, though. 657-464-7609. Of course, email those voice memos from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. Thank you for the call, Nathan. Uh, speaking of vile bigotry and racism, Donald Trump went on the attack on Elijah Cummings this week. Congressman from from Maryland, from Baltimore. In an unhinged, clearly, obviously racist bent, talking about the infestation of rats and just fucking nonsense. Anyway, we have a couple calls about it, and then we'll talk about it. Hey, this is uh, Crystal from Baltimore, Maryland, and uh, you can probably guess what this voicemail is going to be about. Uh, I just... I guess I want to call in and say just, I just feel real angry about the uh, whole thing, the tweet. And, um, yeah, just for the people who don't live here and who haven't put, you know, money or blood or sweat or tears into, you know, making Baltimore better, just trying to improve it and just to immediately label it as, like, a disgusting mess and rodent infested and just, I don't know, there's something in me that doesn't, it doesn't sit well with me. And... I don't know. You could probably go to any state and find an area that matches a description like that, where it's, you know, disgusting and not clean. And just, I feel like everywhere has its good and bad places. You know, I've, I've been to Jersey before and there's been good and black, good and bad places. And just, and you know, the area they mentioned, it isn't great. <laughs> you know, I can concede that it's not great at all, but people are trying and, just to ignore that effort and just to call someone's home that, like, I don't know, you know, I've lived there. I mean, I've moved now. Um, I'm in, I think, the second district now. And um, just because I moved, those problems, they're still there, you know. I've had at least three robberies down the street since I've been here. I still have, you know, mice problems. I still have, like, like those problems don't disappear just because I'm in a nicer neighborhood and just because that, you know, I live in a predominantly white area now, those those problems are still there. And just for people like the president and Fox News and others to look at Baltimore and just think that the problem is just rodents or how, like, the street's a mess or how... It's just... It's not that. It's obviously not that. Like, this, it's just... I feel like it's a race problem, and no one's, like, kind of agreeing that it's a race problem, that, like, the district you're looking at is predominantly black, and you're not looking at how that may be the cause of all the issues that we have, and just, I don't know, sorry, this is kind of a rant, but I just really need to get this off my chest. Uh, I love you both. You're doing a great job. Keep up the good work. Bye. I want to clarify um, something that Crystal said with, with there at the end there about Maybe the problems are caused because it's predominantly black. I I don't know that that would be the cause or the fact that the funding isn't there because the district is predominantly black. Therefore, it, it there's a downturn in services. Anytime you get a bunch of people together, you get problems. And I mean, like in, in the case of a city, you get problems that you don't get in, in in rural open spaces of America. When there's concentrated people. New York City has these problems. Los Angeles has these problems. Even San Diego. 
has these problems run by a Republican, by the way. You hear about San Francisco. You hear about Chicago. All of these cities have problems like this. Houston, problems like this. Austin has a homeless problem. This is a racist issue on the part of Donald Trump. Using the word infestation, which is almost exclusively used by him and reserved by him to use to talk about people of color. It, it just is. That's, that's just the way it is. There's no way to argue around it. If you do a search of his tweets with infest, infestation, it is almost exclusively used for black and brown people. So let's read the tweets. Um, wh- why is so much money sent to Elijah Cummings district when it is considered the worst run and most dangerous anywhere in the United States? No human being would want to live there. Where is all of this money going? How much is stolen? Investigate this corrupt mess immediately. How much is stolen? It's like, when did you stop beating your wife? It's a question that you, you can't answer. He's assuming, presupposing that it's stolen. I just fucking... And then he continued, as proven last week during a congressional tour, the border is clean, efficient, and well-run. Yeah. Just very crowded. Coming district is a disgusting rat and rodent infested mess. If he spent more time in Baltimore, maybe he could help clean up this very dangerous and filthy place. Rep Elijah Cummings has been a brutal bully shouting and screaming at the great men and women of Border Patrol about conditions at the southern border when actually his Baltimore district is far worse and more dangerous. His district is considered the worst in the USA. When you are running death camps and when children die in government custody, that is what the fuck they are. Someone does need to be held accountable. He's the chairman of the oversight committee in the House. If he raises his voice and demands answers, good for him. So did you know that Orkin relieves an annual list of the rattiest cities in the United States? the, the, The pest control company. Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't know this. Well, um, Baltimore did make the list for the third year in a row, but they came in in ninth place. Oh. Uh, New York City came in third. Okay. With a rat for every four people. I, I do know about New York City and their rats. And They love pizza, apparently. Chicago, <laughs> yeah, pizza rat. Um, Chicago came in first. Okay. For the fourth year in a row. So this just gives you some context, though, right? Baltimore's ninth. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he's talking about the rat and rodent infested place when there's other places that he could talk about that have a far worse rat problem. Well, one uh, rat for every four people. That's pretty severe. Oddly enough, um, you know, the, the intrepid reporters in the New York City area have gone through and found that uh, the the different eateries inside Trump Tower have actually been cited for rat and rodent infestation multiple times over the years. Mm -hmm. So he should shut his fucking mouth before making racist accusations about civil rights legend Representative Elijah Cummings. The, The other thing is it strikes me as very strange that Elijah Cummings is on the hook for why his district is is whatever condition it's in. And he should be held to account for it. There should be answers to be had, but they are not just to be had from Elijah Cummings. They are also to be had for the president of the United States, who is the president of that district, as well as all of the districts within Kentucky. Well, I want to read a segment from a column from one of my favorite columnists in The New Yorker, Jelani Cobb. And this is from his column, um, Donald Trump, Elijah Cummings, and the Definition of a Rodent. And I just I want to read this little excerpt from it. Um, If you don't follow Jelani Cobb on Twitter, make sure that you do that and follow his writing because it's very powerful. And I I want him to have views and clicks on his stuff because we want to we want to keep him pumping out the content. Yeah, yeah. So this is from his his column. 
Quote, no human being would want to live there, Trump said of Baltimore on Twitter, implicitly questioning the humanity of the 600,000 human beings who do, in fact, live there. A little more than 20% of the people in Baltimore are under the age of 18. How those young people are to find inspiration, cultivate pride in their communities, or gain a sense of their own potential when the president of the United States has called their home unfit for human habitation is a matter that Trump left unaddressed, if that concern even grazed his conscience. His use of the term human is implicit code for white. It recalled the language of the 1990s-era Los Angeles Police Department, which often referred to shootings in which the perpetrator and victim were minorities as NHIs for no humans involved. On Saturday, the CNN anchor Victor Blackwell struggled to maintain his composure as he spoke about Baltimore, the city he grew up in, the fully American aspirations of the people who live and work there, and the loaded racist ways in which Trump has used the term infested. Five of the people the president has most recently singled out for condemnation, all members of the House of Representatives, are members of minority communities. So I like this quote because... He highlights the experiences of young people, right? Yeah. And oftentimes when kids are young, the president of the United States is someone that they look up to, you know, a role model, this very intelligent, respectable person that you want to be like. No, because typically presidents are there. They serve a role to bring everyone together. They're the president of everyone. They represent everyone. They lift everyone up. They talk positively about every state, every community, every town, every neighborhood, every hometown street. Right. Because because all of those places are their responsibility. That's right. right. You know, Dr. Ibram Kendi, I think is how you say his name. It might be Ibram. Author of uh, Mark from the Beginning. Yeah. He stamped from the beginning. Yeah, that's right. Um, Sorry. He puts this in a very beautiful way that... Let's say a stranger, this is his, I'm paraphrasing it, I'm probably going to fuck it up and I'm going to try my best. Um, (laughs) Let's say a stranger comes into your house and starts criticizing a bunch of stuff about your house, right? Yeah. You're going to say, well, who the hell are you? Get out of my house. I don't need you here, right? But let's say both people live in the house and they have some disagreements on what things are going on in this house. Well, you don't tell them to get out if it's their house too. Yeah. Right? The assumption being... That Donald Trump looks at a certain segment of people. It's not his house. That's not my house. I'm white. Right. Get out. Right. This isn't a place where we have a conversation about our disagreements. This is not where we talk about that. This is mine. You can leave. Yeah. And that is the view. For sure. And I didn't steal that. That's his. Listen, we've been talking about this for the last couple episodes. It's America. Love it or leave it. So I thought that was a beautiful example. Yeah. And if you get the newsletter, the article from which that little um, illustration was taken is in the newsletter. Yeah. But um, also another point, uh, Jared Kushner, he owns property in Baltimore. Dozens and dozens of apartments in Baltimore. Yes. And- he is a fucking slumlord. Yeah. The Washington Post reported that um, he owns some 9,000 apartments. Oh, not just dozens. Holy shit. In Baltimore uh, that generated in a single year more than 200 complaints of disrepair, code violations, and rodent infestation. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe he's a little bit to blame, too, there, Trump. Certainly contributing to the problem, I would say. Well, Donnie. Yeah. I mean, we we should ask Orkin. Yeah. We'll go to the experts at Orca. Yeah. So anyway, thank you for the call, Crystal. We appreciate it very much. Uh, we have another one from that same geographic area. Hi, Jesse and Brittany. It's Robin calling from the Washington, D.C. area. I am calling. Um, I haven't talked to you guys in a while. I haven't called in, but I'm, I'm calling because I wanted to get you guys' take on the recent comment that um, the orange-faced, narcissistic, lunatic, asshole, pussy-grabbing man in the White House made on Twitter regarding the city of Baltimore and um, Congressman Elijah Cummings. When I saw those tweets, I felt literally sick, Um, not only just because I lived in Baltimore at one time, but just 
because his latent attacks that he makes on members of Congress and people of color. I can't even believe it. Like, I feel like I'm living in the Twilight Zone right now. This man is insane. There's there's something wrong with him. He he has a lack of self-control, clearly. I mean, we've already known this. It's not a surprise. But I was at the point where I didn't think he could do anything that would surprise me. But he still does, like every day. I mean, it was enough to to attack the four congresswomen, but now Elijah Cummings, I mean, how dare he? I mean, this man is an honorable man who has served for many years, who's honest, who cares about the country and cares about his constituents. Yes, Baltimore has a lot of problems. There's a lot of violence going on in Baltimore right now, but how do you, as the president of the United States, just say something like I just uh, oh, I am I am having I've like had such a bad few days since I saw that tweet I I don't know maybe it's just me but this whole thing is just really depressing to me this whole situation all I know is I don't care what Democrat wins we just have to get that fool and his complicit lickspittle out of office get that off my chest Anyway, I love the show. Brittany is the best part. But I love you too, Jesse. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Too late. You already said it. We appreciate Robin so much <laughs> because she's been a longtime listener, a longtime supporter of the show. We we love listen, when we first started, it was one thing when you know when you knew us from our previous life. Mm-hmm. Uh BP. Mm-hmm. Not Brittany Page, but before podcast. No, oh. and mm-hmm. you listen because yeah, you know you're kind of obligated because you you know us, mm-hmm. you love us, your family, yeah. your friends. Yeah, that's not the case with so many people. Robin's one of those people. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. We, we have a special place in our heart for for Robin. Absolutely. Uh, and let me say something. Let me say something. Since it, I mean, I, I would hope that that's what, what you plan to do. Yeah, <laughs> is Baltimore. It, like Robin said, there are certainly some problems in Baltimore, but 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 the city of Baltimore, and in fact, even the entire district of Elijah Cummings, isn't what Trump would refer refer to as a shithole. Like I said earlier, are there problems? Yeah, there's fucking problems. But every time, every place, when you start stacking people on top on top of people, there's going to be problems. There are rat and rodent problems on the Upper East Side and Upper West Side of Manhattan where the rich people fucking live. We've illustrated there are rat and rodent infestation problems within the walls of Trump Tower. But because it's white people living there, it's just a a tick on a form on a health code violation. It's not a racist rant from the President of the United States. Which, by the way, might we say and remind everybody, not normal, not fucking normal. Well, I do want to talk about the column, and I keep calling everything a column, and I don't know if that's the right term. Mm. How about Um, peace? It's a piece. He wrote a a piece. piece. Yes. Um, You know, I have this issue, we've talked about this, where I know words but I am afraid to use them sometimes because of growing up the way that I did. Yeah. And it's almost like, you know, I'll be, I'll be talking, 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 and I know a big word, you know, that I could use. And then I don't use it because I'm like, we don't talk like that. You know? Yeah. I think, I, I mean, we I, as in like my current self yeah, and yeah, my yeah. former self. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I think part of that is because you were raised by non readers so like uh, your parents didn't read to you, so you didn't hear these words. Uh, another element to it is you learned these words and what they mean on your own inside your silent reading to yourself. Uh-huh. And to actually take to to take the it's brave to come out and vocalize the word that you've only heard and read to yourself silently in your head. Like Yosemite. Like like Yosemite or Yosemite. That's which is, exactly which right. is how I read 
Yosemite. You said it was just us, so it was... It was fine. Yeah, well, there was no shame or... You know, I did make fun of you for sure. But <laughs> it is one of those things. You shouldn't yeah. be ashamed of that. Fuck well, you. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm, I'm admitting it here on, on the pod. Uh, uh, don't do that. <laughs> that's don't why, that's why I said it in my douche voice. That, would, that um, sounded like a normal voice. Oh, I'm in trouble then. <laughs> Um, so anyway, this piece in the, (laughs) this piece in the Baltimore Sun, you know, ever since they wrote this, things have been popping off over there for the Baltimore Sun subscriptions like crazy. They wrote this, uh, like a rebuttal from the editorial board and it's titled, um, better to have a few rats than to be one. Okay, and this was in response to Donald Trump's tweet. And I just want to read a little bit of it, um, because I really loved how this part was written. Quote, this is a president who will happily debase himself at the slightest provocation. And given Mr. Cummings' criticism of the U.S. border policy, the various investigations he has launched as a chairman of the House Oversight Committee, his willingness to call Mr. Trump a racist for his recent attacks on the freshman congresswoman, and the fact that Fox and Friends had recently aired a segment critical of the city mm. slamming Baltimore must have been irresistible in a Pavlovian way. Yeah, just minutes before... He- tweeted that happened i forgot to mention that sorry they continue after pavlovian way fox news rang the bell the president salivated and his thumbs moved across his cell phone into action wow end quote how beautiful is that yeah it's poetic they fucking worked him (laughs) which is all everything they said is true absolutely they fucking dragged donald trump justifiably so yeah i mean again and and we're going to talk about this uh, in, in, in a future episode because I want to go deep on it and talk about it a little bit. And these are the Reagan tapes that came out with a conversation between he and Richard Nixon. Ronald Reagan, a man for whom I've had um, affection over the years, mm-hmm. who was a vile, sickening fucking racist. And not even brave enough to do it just in public. Had to do it while he's quietly on the phone like a fucking coward. Being recorded by Richard Nixon. That's right. (laughs) We'll get into all of that. We're not going to do it today. I I do want to say, though, if you want to call in on that, that would be great. Because I have seen people saying, oh, wow, now everyone's going to admit that Ronald Reagan is a racist. Right? There's people that have been saying that for a long time. Yeah, but that could be said of every white politician. Yeah. So it's easy to say, oh, well, now now you know. Yeah, but you didn't know. You just suspected based on policies. No one, everyone is shocked. And even his daughter wrote a, wrote a piece, wrote a column. Really? Wrote a statement about it saying, ugh, holy shit. Yeah. That although he never spoke that way in us, oh, to us please. at home. He never, he never um, voiced that uh, in meetings. It is undeniable that it was racist. Do you believe he didn't speak that way at home? I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm. But if my opinion is just colored, my, uh, my current opinion is just colored by my past reference. I don't know. I don't know. But um, that's it, that strikes me as impossible. Huh. Well, yeah. she doesn't deny that what he said was racist. She I doesn't deny. That. I understand. She that. says there's no way to look at it. And not be horrified by the vile, just putrid bile that it was. Yeah, that yeah, that's what's confusing about it. Is yeah. maybe she's trying to protect his image still by mm. saying, "Listen, you I have d- to read what she wrote." This I, is like you know, maybe he had a bump on his head, or I don't know what happened with this call, but he. This is the only racist thing that I've ever heard him say. Well, it's also his daughter, so you know. You, it's difficult that it is for me to separate my past feelings about Ronald Reagan. It's, I can't imagine what it's like to be that person's, you know, your 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 father. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I I admit, um, I admit that my father is a racist and and bad person. Well, when you're when you're flying the fucking Nazi flag outside your house, it's it's hard not to. Can I comment on something right now? No, you've known you've known your entire life. Can I comment on something right yeah, now? Yeah. You're actively having a hard time with this. Yeah, for sure I am. Like you're it's a struggle for you internally. Mm-hmm. Like you're having a hard time. No, no, it's not a struggle for me internally. It's a struggle that oh fuck. This happened, but it happened and fuck that guy. 
Yeah, I know, but even cut him loose. But the conversation about did he have private conversations like well, this we too? We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. But what do you think is most likely? You think he had a one-off comment that just happened to be a no? No, I think I think back in the day, like in the in the sixties and seventies, there were probably lots of things that you said to your to your buddies mm-hmm. uh, and your political colleagues mm-hmm. that you wouldn't say around the the kitchen table. Hmm. I think that's very possible. Very yeah. plausible. Yeah, that's a good argument. But I, I don't know. Yeah. I could, if someone said, oh yeah, he was saying the N-word all the fucking time, calling black ambassadors monkeys, I would say, okay, yeah, I fucking buy that. Yeah. But his daughter, she's not defending him. I don't know. Anyway, we're, we're now we're blowing our wad on it because we're talking about it now. But I want to play the calls and really talk about it. Yeah. So like Brittany said, if you have an opinion about it, and I'm sure you do, 657-464-7609. Email those voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. So the other day, Donald Trump, I just decided we're going to change the, 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 the timber of the show. The role, the, the, the makeup, the, the rundown of the show. We were going to do the first debate night this episode and the second debate night tomorrow morning, Saturday morning for us. Uh, But we're we're going to do both days tomorrow. What I'm going to talk about now is Donald Trump coming out before the press on the White House lawn and being asked a couple of questions and really just showing how Donald Trump, it is unbelievable the people who still support Donald Trump in the face of ridiculous stupidity and dangerous comments. First, on Donald Trump talking about, uh, being asked a question about the anniversary of the Warsaw Uprising, and listen to this wild, obvious ignorance and him trying to cover it up. Well, I have a lot of respect for Poland, and as you know, the people of Poland like me, and I like them, and I'm going to be going to Poland fairly soon. And I know they're building an installation that, and they're putting in all of the money, 100% of the money. So they're building something very nice for the United States uh, to have. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> Asked a specific question about an event in history. And Donald Trump, well, I'll tell you this about people of Poland. They love me and I love them, everybody. Mm-hmm. That's going to be my new thing when people ask me about something I don't know about. That's Just a- do pull, pull a version of that? Yeah. <laughs> you know people will think you're you're a dummy. Because uh, that's a normal reaction. Not everybody. <laughs> if Apparently not a, everybody. If they're wearing a big red hat, they'll probably think you're a fucking genius. There's going to be a large segment of the society that thinks I'm pretty smart. <laughs> Smart enough to be president. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's uh, that was more of the funny of what a fucking ding dong he is. The the other thing is a little bit more sinister, a little bit more dangerous. Not a little bit, a lot more dangerous. And it was when a, a reporter asked him, hey, listen, Robert Mueller asked you or Robert Mueller said the other day during his testimony that Russia is actively trying to interfere in our election right now as we speak. And they are most certainly going to be doing it during the 2020 election. What do you have to say about that? And when you talked to Vladimir Putin the other day, did you talk to him? Uh, you don't really believe this. Do you believe this? Now? Okay. Okay. Fine. We didn't talk about that. I spoke with President Putin of Russia yesterday. They're having massive uh, fires in the in their forests. They have tremendous, I've never seen anything like it. It's very big. I just offered our assistance because we're very good at putting out forest fires, frankly. And if they should need it, I offered our assistance. We had a good talk, a short talk, but a good talk. And I think he appreciated it. So we would be able to help them. It's, uh, these are massive fires like I haven't seen. That was the primary uh, importance of the conversation. And I think they, I think they very much appreciated it. So again, asked a question. First, goes through the ridiculous sh- charade, playing the game that he, what you really believe, that Russia's interfering. So one week, 
it's a hoax. The next week, it happened, but maybe other countries. The next week, oh, it's a hoax again. Now, hey, we know it's happening. We know it's happening. And he is going to put our country at risk, our sacred democratic process at risk, because he will not address it. Yeah, well, so think about this. Uh, Russia probably targeted election systems in all 50 states. That's from the, 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 the Senate Intelligence Committee report. And we have a president of the United States who refuses to believe that and yeah. laughs it off as a joke. And tries to ridicule reporters who ask about it. Oh, you don't really believe this. Do you believe this? Now? Okay. Okay. Fine. We didn't talk about that. And then you have the Senate Majority Leader, Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Who's very much on the same page. And together, they are, I mean, they're in cahoots with one another to dismiss these claims, to prevent any action from being taken, to prevent this from happening again. Yeah, th that's that's the main issue here, is that it's one thing if you say things, like, ah, oh, it's a hoax. Oh, you don't believe that, do you? But it's another thing when there is a chance to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And you block any and all legislation from moving forward from the House of Representatives through the Senate. He won't even allow debates on it. Yeah. It doesn't get to the floor. And therefore, nothing can happen unless the executive branch does something unilaterally, which it doesn't look like it's going to happen because mm -hmm. Donald Trump is ridiculing people who even make the assertion. Yeah. We're going to be fucked again. Right now, in Maryland even... A Russian company is making a bid to buy the company that runs their election software. Mm -hmm. What in the fuck are we doing? This is scary and dangerous. We can't let a foreign power, an adversarial foreign nation, an enemy power, with its tentacles on every single company that operates within its borders, have access to owning a company with such direct control and tabulation of our elections. But because we have uh, Mitch McConnell, it's being blocked. Mm -hmm. The people of Kentucky need to wake the fuck up. You got a viable candidate there in Amy McGrath. Something needs to be done. Yeah. Um, I... I wish that we weren't in this situation, um, but we are. And we recently had the Democratic debates. Yeah. And that was a whole different kind of shit show. Um, Fucking CNN, man. But hopefully that gets a little bit sorted out because only like seven candidates have qualified for the next debate in September. So you know how it's been 10 on each night. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just too many people. I mean, it is hard to manage. Yeah. It's who are some of these turds up here? I mean, that's not why CNN fucked it up six ways from Sunday. Yeah. But, but it is definitely difficult to manage. Yeah. Um, so should we talk about who has qualified for the debates in September? L let's do the first. Let me explain why we're delayed here coming in, coming in on a Friday. We were going to do these the night of the debates. Yeah. I figured, ah, let's get both the debates out of the way, then we'll do the show. And then CNN pulled this weird fucking thing where none of the, the debate is available. Mm -hmm. There's not a full version of video debate anywhere. Yeah. We're independent here. We are independent media. So I don't have, I have to scrounge and scrape for my, for the audio that you hear on the show. Right. And they... In the course of my searching for audio, found out that not only did they make it very difficult for some, they actually put copyright strikes on people's channel mm -hmm. who posted some of it with commentary to go along with it. Which is fair use. It is fair use. In fact, I heard today from one of those creators that uh, their appeal... Mm -hmm. was accepted, and then the strike was taken down. Oh, great. So okay. CNN erroneously yeah. put a strike on their channel. Mm. So anyway, that's what took us so fucking long, is because CNN is making it impossible. We have the clips we're going to talk about. 
it took it took me a lot longer than I thought it would take. Well, I think there was also an issue with the watch party. Typically, the listeners like to have a watch party with the debate in the listener group they on couldn't Facebook. Even do that, huh? Yeah, because I don't think that Facebook or I don't think CNN put it on Facebook. I think it was only available through their website, and then obviously, if you pay for the channel. Yeah, listen, it, it is. Uh... This is this is important and of national interest, and the DNC should be requiring these networks who carry these debates to make this publicly available everywhere. Absolutely. It shouldn't just be for people who can pay for cable yeah. or who know to go to CNN.com. Yeah, fuck that. Um, or download the app to their smartphone. I mean, it needs to be more readily available. Uh, listen, I'm not even saying that uh, th- they need to. I mean, they for sure should make it available for free whether it be on their app or on the website, whatever. But for independent creators and other networks who want to use that footage, they shouldn't make it so prohibitive to do so. Where they're, they're, You get a copyright strike on your channel, it's a big fucking deal where you're not allowed to stream anymore for like 90 days. Yeah, I mean, it can really get in the way of <laughs> obtaining income. Necessary that's exactly income. right. It fucks yeah. with your livelihood. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's the reason we're late here. I, I should have talked about it at the top of the show, but th- that's the reason we're late coming in here because it is. It was uh, an arduous task, a, bra- a backbreaking uh, t- task to put all the clips together. I mean, I don't need you to play a bunch of fucking violin music for me, but uh, just explain what it is. Do you want to say how hard it was again, though? So here's how hard it was. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Backbreaking, we heard. Yeah, mm. yeah. I think I'd rather go back and talk about Reagan and how much that's difficult for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about who's going to be in the next debate. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. Let's do that. Um, and then let's wrap the show. Okay, so the debate. So we're going to cover the debate tomorrow morning. That's right. Okay. The debate, this next one in September, it's going to be September 12th in Houston, Texas. What network do we know? Mm. Hope it's not fucking CNN. I, I love when you ask me questions I don't know the All answer right, to. All right, we'll find out. Okay. We'll talk about it next episode. Oh, here we go. Ah. So <laughs> this debate is going to double the qualifying thresholds of the previous two debates, mm. requiring candidates to reach 2% in four DNC-approved polls and draw 130,000 unique donors, including 400 donors in 20 different states. Wow. Candidates have until August 28th to make the cut. Okay, so the countdown is on. Only 26 more days. Okay. So you know, likely we're not going to see fucking John Delaney or Steve Bullock or some of these knuckleheads. Hopefully not. Tim Ryan. Hopefully not. Goddamn. Candidates who have qualified. Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, Pete Buttigieg, Beto O'Rourke, Cory Booker, and Amy Klobuchar. Oh, all right. I'm shocked by Beto and uh, and uh, Amy Klobuchar, but yeah. good. Yeah, good. And then there's two. So that leaves out Kirsten Gillibrand. That leaves out a whole bunch of people. There's two candidates that have met the donor requirement, but have not met the poll requirement. And that would be um, Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang and Julian Castro. Yeah. And then the other candidates, they haven't met any of the qualifications. Yeah, fuck them. So. You got to get it done. You're going to run for president. Serious, man. Yeah. You don't come in the last two weeks. And uh, here I am, Steve so, Bullock. Ugh. So again, we're up to eight candidates who are qualifying. By the way, and Seth Moulton's not even on the radar there. <laughs> and if more than 10 candidates qualify, the debate will again take place over two nights. Which is fine if it's like 10 or 11. So you have five or six on each day. I'm fine with that. Oh, that would allow them to go deeper. Yeah, but 10? Come on, man. And also, mm-hmm. CNN's format, three hours? It was and way too much. They didn't even get to the first question until 23 minutes on the first night and 27 minutes on the second night. Get the fuck out of here with this nonsense. It, it was a lot. And we'll talk about it tomorrow. Anyway, we love you guys. We appreciate you. We didn't have a time. We just got all into this and didn't even run a mid roll. This podcast is brought to you by Patreon. It is. Thank you to our beautiful Patreon supporters. I think we have uh, a couple. Uh, no, we have one. We have one who, who somebody who edited their pledge up. That definitely needs to be talked about. Jack. Jack. Thank you so much, Jack. Thank you, sir. We appreciate it very much. If you too would like to support the show, like Jack and his fellow compatriots, go to teamdollamore.com or dollamore.com/patreon. 
to help support the work of independent media like us, not beholden to the opinions of corporate overlords. I mean, we even have a link to Amazon, and we shit on Jeff Bezos like it's nobody's business. Because we're honest around here. That is what we do. We would love to have you on board in the family. There are uh, rewards involved if you would like to um, pick your tier. Uh, it's a good time. Again, teamdollamore.com. We love you guys. We appreciate you. And we will see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. It didn't happen, though. They just buried the fucking dog and then rolled credits. I mean, it's pretty much what happened. Spoiler alert. Um... <laughs>